Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. The delicious dialogue starts right here and right now. And I welcome you to my kitchen. Recipes and tips for marvelous meals are shared on this show. Whether you love to cook or love to eat, you are bound to find something you will love on this program. This hour, you'll gain ideas on how to eat well and how to live well. This show is for people who love to cook or love to eat. And each week, I'll tell you about my favorite recipes and wines, authors, foods, restaurants, gadgets, and more. And distinguished artisans and chefs and tastemakers will share their knowledge because I love to dish. If there's a show you might have missed, though, you can find my podcast posted on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. I'm always serving up seconds, by the way, at chefjamie.com. And my daily dish, where I hope you'll become a fan and a friend, is posted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So, we're starting it off right this weekend. If you're a pickle lover, well, then you and I can definitely be friends. And if food is your fetish, well, then I'm about to supply the tools. Because I want to pickle your heart out. Oh, yes. If you know me or you've listened to this show anytime over the past 17 blessed years that I have been privileged enough to share my passion on the radio then you know that I love pickles. Actually, I love anything pickled. Carrots, cauliflower, zucchini, red onions. And I pickle my heart out throughout the year. But summer seems to be the height of the season, of course, for uh, fresh, glorious produce. And if you take a peek in my refrigerator, there is always a mason jar of something pickled that is homemade. Now, my mom makes luscious zucchini pickles. Um, I love to make pickled red onions and I keep them on hand for burgers and pork roasts and sandwiches and cheese boards and more. And in just a half an hour, you can actually have a crunchy splash of color on your taco salad or potato salad or sandwich or quinoa or Sunday night roast chicken or a grilled flank steak for your July 4th barbecue coming up. And they last for weeks in the fridge, these homemade pickles, as do the jarred and store-bought kind. But there's something fresh and fabulous about the ones you make yourself. And you look like a culinary hero to me when you pull out a mason jar and no one knows how simple it was to make something pickled from maybe that produce drawer that's aging in your refrigerator. I happen to love... Some sort of pickle on a grilled cheese sandwich, too. Just had to throw that in. Okay, so I am totally obsessed with all things pickle, but I'm not alone. I know you're with me. And I can tell you that practically every culture around the world has its very own traditional pickle that's rooted in a need for preservation, right? And though we might have refrigerators now, our love for pickling goes on. And a pickle is all about the brine, But you can mix it up and spice it up and herb it up in so many ways. And when your garden starts to overflow this summer, or you're safely distancing at a farmer's market that's brimming with color, 
now is the time to put some up or, you know, sort of can away, as I call it, to your heart's content. Uh, By the way, I alluded to safely distancing because I hope that this show finds you healthy, well, and safe. I am doing the same and uh, continuing to cook and cope and cook and cope. So uh, pickling makes my heart feel better. And I found an aging cauliflower in my produce bin this past week. It was starting to get, you know, a, a little bit of the darker spotting that you know you've kept that cauliflower too long. I could have roasted it in florets at 400 or 425 degrees in the oven, drizzled with olive oil, salt, pepper, had roasted cauliflower as a side dish, eaten it cold, thrown in some golden raisins, splashed it with white balsamic vinegar. That would have been delicious too. I chose to pickle it. And then, of course, I had a great incentive to pour a cocktail and sit down with my vodka and some pickled cauliflower happily when my new baby son was down to sleep. Um, And it was delightful, by the way. Now, maybe those zucchini that you have are getting crummy looking. Pickle them. Did you buy a bag of Melissa's Persian cucumbers, the pickling kind, and maybe your salads have had enough? Make dill pickles. You will be reaping the rewards of very limited labor. Yes, you can pickle it. So here are a few tips to get your creative juices flowing if you're ready. I always consider the crunch, right? I choose vegetables, or you can even pickle fruit. I actually pickle blackberries, and I love it. Um, Spread uh, a a toast, rather, spread with ricotta cheese and pickled blackberries for breakfast. Yum. Um, You want to pick a vegetable that's preferably naturally firm, right? So cauliflower, brilliant. The fresher it is, the crisper the pickle will stay, Uh, because as vegetables age, they lose water and they become softer. But an aging zucchini makes a very good pickle still. And I do recommend that you always trim off the stems and the ends before you pickle anything, because the stems and the ends of most vegetables have enzymes that can lead to mushy pickles. Now, I do say think smaller when you're pickling. Um, You could pickle produce whole. It would take forever to pickle a whole cauliflower. I mean, you wouldn't even think to do that. But you will get the brine to absorb into small florets of cauliflower uh, than you would bigger florets. And then I say look beyond the classics, right? I love a a kosher dill, but there's a world of produce out there. So uh, pickled corn off the cob, uh, pitted cherries, watermelon rind, Brussels sprouts. Uh, There is territory waiting to be explored. By the way, all of those are an ongoing list of wonderful pickled things that I have either witnessed on a menu, um, heard about, learned from, or tried to make from a chef friend, um, and more because my pickling escapades are ever evolving. Now, when you make the brine you sort of graduate to pickle status. It has to have the proper ratio of vinegar, salt, sugar, and water. And there's a basic and a very standard method. You bring one cup of distilled white vinegar with two tablespoons salt, two teaspoons sugar, and two tablespoons spices together with two cups of water in a saucepan. You don't have to memorize it or jot it down as you're driving uh, or stand on your head and try to remember it. Um, I'll gladly send it to you. So uh, just wait there for a moment. You make this 
brilliant, simple mixture and you pour it over the vegetables that are already in the jars, right? Now you adjust the mix accordingly. I love rice wine vinegar, so I use it in place of white vinegar. Red wine vinegar works great too. Um, You can even make rosé pickles. I mix the two. It's really fun. The sky's the limit. And then you can add your favorite flavorings. Like if you love it spicy, add some Korean chili paste, gochujang. Um, If you love cumin and Middle Eastern flavors, add cumin for smokiness and za'atar for brightness. Uh, The powder will dissipate in the hot brine, by the way. And then you could make curried pickles in Indian style. Ooh, curry pickled mango slices with grilled chicken for dinner. And then, of course, there is the easy pickled red onion that I make very often. And the recipe is posted at chefjamie.com. It's super simple. And, you know, 30 minutes later, I've even cheated at 20. Um, It brines in front of your eyes on the counter. And it's just that good. And... I do have to say, everything to make a pickle is probably already in your kitchen, right? We talked about vinegar and some sort of sweetener. Uh, I use sugar, but you can use a substitute. And then aromatics, right? Throw in some garlic cloves or a slice of jalapeno, mustard seeds, peppercorns, orange peel, whatever tickles your fancy. And if you would like the basic brine recipe that I use, I will gladly send it to you. Email me at jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com. Okay, that'll do, for sure. And it'll keep you busy, at least for the long holiday weekend. All right, coming up. This gentleman, he'll make you smile, live from London. If you are a longtime vegan or looking to try it out, if you just want to make truly fabulous plant-based dishes for Meatless Monday or to feel better about the way you're eating, Gaz Oakley to the rescue. YouTube vegan sensation. Gaz Oakley in your radio coming up next. Wait till you hear his fabulous recipes. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen. Also coming up later in the hour, don't touch your dial. We're getting a cocktail trend update from our mixologist in residence. Tony Abu Ghanem will be here. I'm delighted to be in your radio and I'm grateful that you're listening. Grab a snack. Come on back. There's lots more fabulous food right after this. Informative, entertaining, and delicious conversation abounds. Get ready. We are talking fabulous food coming up right now in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen here. If you're a longtime vegan trying it out, maybe just looking to cut down on animal products, we are sharing recipes that wow right now. Gaz Oakley, known as the avant-garde vegan, has amassed over a million followers with his exciting vegan dishes. Having worked in professional kitchens since he was 15 years old, his passion for food is apparent and his talent 
evident. And I am truly delighted that the talent that is Gaz Oakley is here and in your radio to dish live from London. We're glad to have you, Gaz. Welcome. Thank you so much. What an intro. That was unbelievable. Thank yes, well, <laughs> well, well deserved for a man who's gotten to um, um, over a million social media followers. Are you healthy and well, by the way, with COVID and all? Yes, I'm, I'm really good. Thank you. Good. I've got some lovely weather in the UK at the moment, so um, I feel great, actually, yeah. Yes, really that's good. that's a good thing. And um, with those million followers, you, I've followed you. I, I know you and your work. And this book, by the way, um, you've really outdone yourself. It is a, an Thank absolute you. beauty. Uh, but you promised us a restaurant. Is that still in the works at the million at the million fan mark? That's something I've dreamed of since I was a little kid. So definitely coming. I just didn't expect to be in the middle of a sort of pandemic when I reached that figure <laughs> on YouTube. But um, yeah. as I said, it's going to happen soon. I just need to sort of suss out the situation post coronavirus. Well, that's a good thing. So it's given you a little yeah. a little extra planning. I would be exactly. very interested and intrigued to know if you're getting uh, lots of conversation and communication from your followers during the pandemic, your numbers rose. Does that mean we're seeing more vegan cooks? You know, those are very uh, conscious, thoughtful people that uh, either considered during a time when you're at home might be a, a good time to test new recipes or change my lifestyle or try to keep lean with vegan dishes? Mm. I just think that um, people's attention uh, turn to their health, of course. Yes. That's another reason why lots of people go vegan, but also just having a lot of time on their hands. Hmm. They've decided to experiment. So with my videos on YouTube, I've seen um, a huge influx of um, new people watching the videos and I think that is just down to people having a little bit more time on their hands and, and they are able to then get in the kitchen and get creative. Sure. So I th- it's, it's a nice it's, silver it's, lining, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So. It's nice to hear that people are taking, um, uh, taking pride in, their, in what they're eating and, hmm. and trying to look after themselves. It's, it's, it's only a good thing. Yeah, it, it is only a good thing. And while I am not vegan, you should know, I love Meatless Monday. I feel so good when I go to bed after eating a plant-based meal, and I yeah. very much embrace the beauty of what you cook and the presentation itself, I mean, is truly gorgeous. Have you always been vegan? It's one thing I've always wanted to know about you. Thank you. Um, well, no, I haven't, actually. I, I, up until five years ago, I ate and cooked anything and everything. Um, I learned the classic way of cooking, in um, in some really good restaurants in my home yes. town of Cardiff, which is in Wales, and I knew that. Um, I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm really happy that I actually learned the traditional way of cooking hmm. because that enabled me to make um, this kind of vegan food and and just learn the real basics and fundamentals of cooking has, has led me on to making uh, good quality vegan recipes. Actually, so. No, I didn't. I didn't. Never thought I'd go vegan up until I watched this one video on YouTube that made me go vegan overnight. And you've never looked back since. If you, <laughs> amazing. If you were to describe your palate to us, like um, I'm a salty sweet. In fact, I would prefer to eat dessert first. What What would you say are your uh, most favorite flavors? I used to have a re- real sweet tooth, but um, as I seem to have gotten older. I really love a smoky umami mm. saltiness. So um, 
anything with, you know, rich miso or soy or sun-dried tomato or mushroom, you know, that's, they're my flavors. So today I, for dinner, just, I, I grilled some um, oyster, cluster oyster mushrooms and I just cooked and cooked and cooked them in like a Cajun spice mix. Mm. And that, that, that umami flavor is just what I love. So I'm definitely more of a savory guy than Oh, you are. Interesting. That means more dessert for me. Can I have yours? <laughs> I love the idea of cooking mushrooms down like that uh, because the flavors compound so much. And I can imagine with the Cajun spice, that's, that's satisfying uh, in and of itself. What do you always have in your vegan pantry? For those that are uh, maybe changing lifestyle or looking to just explore more vegan dishes, you know, expand on meatless Mondays. Can you throw out, I know you just mentioned a few of your favorite ingredients, but I have sun-dried tomato pesto on hand at all times. Yeah, um, some of my essentials are things like, oh, definitely just the the absolute basics for a good vegan diet would be sort of beans and pulses, chickpeas, lentils, um, butter beans, you know, things like that. Yes. Or dried Obviously, sorry, canned or dried. Canned for convenience, but dried is, um, you know, the quality is much better if you've got the time to soak and cook them. And, oh my gosh, my, my kitchen pantry is stocked to the... <laughs> to the gills. I know the yeah. feeling. Yes, I do too. I'm just not used to being at home so much because I'm always usually traveling and doing different events here, there and everywhere. So this is actually the first time since being in sort of lockdown I've been able to spend a lot of time at home and I've loved it just being able to eat my own food all the time. Sure. <laughs> I don't know about you but often uh, I'm under impressed when I go out for, for dinner and because you're so used to making your own food and the way you like it and um, I just love eating my own food. <laughs> I, I think that's wonderful. I think for so many of us, you and I alike, we have taken to exploring our own kitchens a little bit more during this time, right? I did a a spring cleaning of my pantry. I thought before I'm going to go stock it with more from the grocery store in a moment of fear, um, I think I should clean out the back portion of the shelves, right? And use those things up. And I feel the same as you do. I started exploring with that can, or as you elegantly call it in your British accent, tin of, uh, of canned beans. I found butter beans and I marinated them and I-, I snacked on them and I hadn't had them in a long time and they were hidden in the back. And yes, I, I agree with you. I think that we really have, uh, I hope, all taken a moment to sort of reconnect with those things that uh, feed our soul. And yeah. with that said, um, I would love to cook with you. So will you stay with us, please? We'll take a quick break. But when we come back, we're talking with Gaz Oakley. The new book, his third, a cookbook on its way to bestseller on Amazon worldwide entitled Plants Only Kitchen, covers 70 delicious, super simple, powerful, protein-packed recipes for busy people. They're all vegan. And wait till you taste these dishes. Gaz, don't go away. We'll take a quick break, come back, and uh, and we'll eat. Sound good? Amazing. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, there's more delicious conversation in your radio right after this. Don't go away.
We're back and we're dishing with the gentleman known as the avant-garde vegan. With over a million followers on YouTube and social media, he is Gaz Oakley. Live from London, he is sharing his new cookbook release for those who are vegan or rejoice in plant-based eating. The book is called Plants Only Kitchen, and we're about to cook. So welcome back to the kitchen. Chef Jamie Gwen here. Okay, Gaz, I love the idea that you are so protein-focused, living a vegan lifestyle. So I couldn't get three pages into this gloriously beautiful cookbook to when I got to protein blueberry pancakes and I stopped. This is very genius. You protein pack a breakfast like no other. <laughs> well, yeah, I just always used to get asked the question, where you're vegan, where do you get your protein from? And I got a bit sick of it, to be honest with you. Sure. <laughs> it's really easy to, um, it's really easy to, to, to make a, a meal that's nutritious, um, that's vegan and protein packed for people that like to go to the gym and exercise like I do. So, um there's, a, there's an icon on any recipe in the book that um, has um, a decent amount of protein in it. And, um, yeah, like the protein pancakes, they're very simple to do. Um, if you wanted to add an extra um, bit of protein, you can add the super vegan protein powder, which is on the market everywhere these days. You, you get it from all good supermarkets as well. So, and then top them with a lovely berry sauce. And just something so simple, it can be made so in 25 minutes, it's just... Um, yeah, lovely breakfast. Yeah, it, it what, what looks I, lovely. Sorry, what I just said, what said about that recipe too, that you can you can make them in advance and, and you know, just heat them up in the morning if you're in a rush. So that, that's the focus on this book. It, it's not the, the most adventurous cooking that I personally do. It, it's stuff that's really going to make veganism accessible to the everyday mm. person. Um, and that's the focus behind this book. Yeah, very smart. I love the idea, um, and with all due respect to to your vegan lifestyle, I'm going to add a scoop of my my good old protein powder to my pancake recipe next time. I mean, I just think that's so smart to sort of power pack it, right? And then I got stuck on breakfast because I cannot wait to make your griddle pan waffle. So if you have a, a grill pan with yeah. ridges in your kitchen and you've been grilling shrimp, you're selling yourself short. I realize I am. I've never baked or made a waffle in my grill pan and I can't wait. Yeah, well, I mean, the reason I came up with that idea is because I said I want to make this book as simple for everyone, but I still want it to be, you know, exciting. And I just thought to myself, how many people have a griddle pan and how many people have a you know an actual waffle maker? And I, I would have, I would have thought that more than likely most people will have a griddle pan over a waffle maker. So I decided to try and make the waffles in the griddle pan, and to my excitement, they came out even better than if you were to put them in a in a, a wa- actual waffle maker. They rise up, they go so fluffy hmm. without eggs as well. So. Um, yeah, that is one of my favorites. It looks lovely. And, you know, without having to drag the waffle maker from the garage, uh, yeah. what a what a yeah, wonderful thing to do. Yes, with a, with a pan you have on hand. All right, we're culminating the perfect day's menu. Uh, tell us about your famous lasagna. That looks so rustic and delicious. Yeah, well, I kept... Um, everyone kept asking me on YouTube to make my lasagna. And I was kind of bored and of seeing uh, no disrespect 
to other vegan cooks, but I kept, I was a bit bored of seeing them making like the bashmar sauce with, um, with cashew nuts and trying to make a cheesy. I, I was thinking to myself, it's very simple to make a traditional like, style lasagna vegan. Um, so I just literally just converted my old lasagna that I used to make fried grown vegan to vegan and it tastes exactly the same. Hmm. Um, I put it on YouTube. It's really got a million views, I think, or almost, I think has, I'm not sure, but um, it's definitely famous and people actually come over to me in the street and say to me, your lasagna is amazing before they say anything else, but they, they will say, they talk about the lasagna. <laughs> so that's why I called it my famous lasagna. Isn't that amazing? Yes, certainly famous. I have a new son, Gaz, a new baby, and I will oh, tell you, oh, thank you kindly. Um, I, I'm a meat eater, but I'm cautious of quantities, of course. And I thought to myself when I saw your lasagna, I, I bet, and he's he's a baby, but I get bet when he gets older, I could um, sell this as traditional lasagna, quote unquote, right? And you wouldn't know the difference. And I love that idea. It's chock full of um, zucchini and eggplant and all the goodness uh, it's just meat free. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Really yeah, it tastes beautiful. Exactly the same. Mm, so I good. I can't it. wait to make your sticky umami eggplant. Oh yeah. yes. That's, that's like a, that's basically a fifteen minute meal as well, especially if you've got good nightmares, which I'm sure you have as well. So yeah, fifteen minutes that can be made in, uh, especially if you have the baby aubergine, the eggplant. Um, see, I'm already. I've even put in my book eggplants because in the UK we call them aubergines. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Aubergine and um, courgette. Yeah, so yeah I know. Yeah, it looks and, uh, absolutely it's, delicious. It's got all those flavors that I said that I love the mummy mess, mm-hmm. and the balsamic vinegar, the soy sauce, and mustard in there. Rosemary, just like a, a flavor explosion. Are you using a lot of jackfruit? I noticed your jackfruit cake. So, as a, a substitute, like for a seafood cake? Never had it before. Um, huh. and I'm so happy I, I came across it. You can buy it in tins in, in the UK and obviously in certain places you can get it swept as well. But when you buy it in, in the tins or the cans, it's very convenient. And as long as you squeeze out as much of the water as you can um, out of it, it ends up being very meaty. So that's one tip that I would definitely say if you're going to cook with jackfruit, put it into a clean kitchen cloth and just wring out that water. And um, then you can do whatever you want. In this case, with the jackfruit cake, I just get some lovely flavorings around the jackfruit and then I form it into a patty and breadcrumb it mm-hmm. and serve it with this lovely uh, ancho black bean sauce with a little bit of chocolate in there. So it's almost like a cheap mole recipe. So it's, it's a lovely dish and um, a little bit fancy, actually. Um, yes. Considering most of the recipes are, are quite simple in this book. Yeah, it looks so it looks so good. And here in the US, we have jackfruit uh, fresh like the pods available in packages from Melissa's Produce who happens to support this radio show which I'm very grateful for. Um but it's most often being used as a pork substitute, like pulled pork tacos. And I was delighted to see you use it as a substitute as I mentioned for seafood. So you have this wonderful cake that's moist and lovely um, and totally vegan. Before I let you go, Gaz, we have to eat dessert. Oh, yeah. Because you're a brilliant baker. Yes. (laughs) Um, Mango upside down cake or a whole roasted pineapple, both tropically summer and perfect for right now. I'll tell you the truth. I don't actually actually rate my baking skills that much. I mean, I can can make a good cake, but 
tell you the, the honest truth, the reason I chose the Mango Upside Down Cake to put in this book was because with an upside down cake, it's very naturally rustic. Yes, so it's forgiving. I'm not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying too hard to like make, have it have perfect edges or a perfect uh, fluffy light cake because with an upside down cake, you get all those beautiful the syrup from the fruit that mm. you, you, you put on the, on the base of this cake running yes. through the, the cake anyway. So it's just rustic and, and tasty. So it's, mm. it's, it's a perfect cake for me. Um, and then, yeah, the, the whole roasted pineapple is a summer. It just, just encapsulates summer for me. Um, with the cinnamon, you, could, you can put a little bit of cayenne pepper on it when you're roasting it. It's, just, it's stunning. You can even put it on the grill as well. Yes. As you mentioned before. Um, it's, it's out of this world. Yeah. It just transforms the flavor and it goes so juicy. The caramelization is hard not to fall in love with. Um, and so I will, uh, I will credit you when I make your whole roasted pineapple. Uh, and we'll talk about you at dinner for sure. Um, like the rest of the world is talking about Gaz Oakley with more than 70 vegan recipes that work around your lifestyle. Plants Only Kitchen, the new cookbook release from Gaz, will make it easy to live a vegan life or even incorporate some vegan lifestyle traits into your daily life. Yes. Um, just embracing beautiful food, uh, I think is the first step and you have no doubt delivered Gaz, Kudos to you. This is a glorious book. I really very much appreciate your passion and the fact that you throw yourself uh, 150% into everything that you do. And it is, um, it is air apparent on the pages. So thank uh, you thank for, you so it's lovely time to you. thank you. It, it was lovely to speak with you as well. And I'm grateful that you called in live from London and, uh, and gave us the time, please stay well and healthy. And thank of you. course, thank you kindly. Of course, you can follow Gaz's culinary adventures at Avant Garde Vegan on social. You'll find him on YouTube. He's a hit. And the book, once again, called Plants Only Kitchen, available on Amazon uh, and fine bookstores worldwide. Gaz, thank you again. We do have extraordinary culinary thinkers on this show from around the world. So don't touch your dial because there is lots more to satiate your appetite just after this. Salut, cheers, and a toast to you, Chef Jamie Gwen, in your radio. The Modern Mixologist is back. And we're digging deep today to play catch-up and see where we are in the cocktail world. So grab a glass, because Tony Abuganum is pouring. Tony is widely regarded as a pioneer in the bar world, the author of The Modern Mixologist and Vodka Distilled, both award-winning books, and a partner in the Mandalay Bay Las Vegas gastropub Hotspot Libertine Social and Highlands in Detroit. You've seen him win three Iron Chef competitions on the Food Network, and he's taking us on a cocktail journey once again today as our resident mixology guru, arming you with a wealth of knowledge when it comes to spirits. We're catching up with Tony Abu Ghanem, and I'm delighted. Tony, I'm glad that you are healthy and well and that you're here. 
Oh, Jamie, thank you so much, and it's always, always a pleasure to join you on your show. Well, thank you. Um, Okay, let's talk cocktails, because I I have been mixing up some over the last few months, you you know? Um, I think cocktail drinking has to be on the rise. We know sales are, um, but there are a couple of trends forming, too, and so uh, I was so delighted that you uh, agreed to come back and dish. Well, Jamie, as you know, I mean, I've been an advocate of making great cocktails at home for some time. And yes. due to the current situation, people definitely are imbibing uh, and imbibing at home. And I think discovering more and more ways to uh, enjoy spirits and cocktails. Uh, I, I'm, I think this is probably a good thing um, as far as your creativity and enjoyment and shared pleasures. I, I always say that it's nice to open a bottle of wine with you know a friend or loved one, but if you can make him or her a great cocktail, even the simplest of cocktails, there's just something a little more special, a little more intimate, a little more love that goes into that and shared with someone just makes it so much more special. Yeah, I agree with you. And so we've been experimenting with cocktails at home, no doubt, but bottle cocktails, definitely trending. Uh, and you, you don't see that changing, I suspect, if uh, if the situation stays the same, right? Uh, I, not at all. I, I, it's something that we were doing at Libertine Social with bottled cocktails. And, you know, it was a, a fun serve for the guests. They're a little bit involved. It allows uh, speed of service. It allows consistency in product. But you know, obviously with the current state for both on-premise and takeaway. Right. And we've now, in states that have never allowed takeaway cocktails, uh, to-go cocktails have become quite a thing. And for those who are not as comfortable yet at home mixing cocktails, bottled to-go cocktails are a way to have uh, an elevated cocktail experience at home without the actual mixing. Right. But one one by one, Jamie, we're going to get everybody in you know, <laughs> making great cocktails at home. Yeah, yes, you are. It's it's your life's purpose, and you do it well. <laughs> you know, the concept of a bottled cocktail, though, I think translates really well to the idea that you have shared very often on this show that I'm all about, which is the the pitcher drink or the batch drink, right? When we have mm-hmm. the opportunity to entertain, even small groups and socially distanced, I always make a pitcher cocktail because I want you to be able to pour yourself a drink from the bar. I don't want to man the bar. I want to right. be able to enjoy the party. But you can take the bottled cocktail concept and translate it to home. So let's say you do have a few people over for the holiday weekend and you socially distance and barbecue, right? You could make a batch or a pitcher cocktail of a Tony Abu Ghanem drink and you could bottle it in mason jars with lids sure. and have that bottled concept sort of, I think, very whimsically at your own party. I think that would be so much fun. Right? Um, something that I always recommend is my Sunsplash out of the Modern Mixologist, and it's, it's a simple drink of uh, orange vodka, Cointreau, fresh lemon, fresh orange, Ooh. and cranberry juice. And it's, you know, perfect this time of year. You can make a big batch of that, and then, like you said, Jamie, some cute little bottles or mason jars sure. and make those individual. Yeah. And it also, you know, 
I think people are kind of going to be a little leery of too much interaction with things they're eating and drinking. Yes. So this way, smart. They're able to just take the bottle, open it themselves. You can, you know, have it garnished or garnishes in glass and ice. And sure. And just let them serve themselves. Yeah, and really smart. It, so that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're going to spread the gospel on that one. Um, that <laughs> cocktail sounds very refreshing right about now. I hope that you have um, healthy, well, and safe openings. I know you will, and that you stay um, continually well yourself. And I can't wait to have you back so that we can talk more summer sippers. You can find Tony's cocktail escapades at modernmixologist.com and follow him on social at MDRN Mixologist, of course. Uh, I'll see you in either Vegas or Detroit at some point, but I'll see you back here on the radio, Tony. Thank you for always sharing your passion and cheers. Always a pleasure, Jamie. Thank you. I look forward to our next cocktail together. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. Thank you. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of gastronomic inspiration and delicious conversation. And because a meal is a terrible thing to waste... I will be back here in your radio once again next weekend, and I hope you'll tune in. Food is life. Create and savor yours. And savor this. It's my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation for the hour. Perfectly timed for the July 4th holiday. And by the way, brilliantly spiked with vodka or tequila. I make a blender lemonade that I don't think I've ever shared on this show before. So hello, summer, and cheers to this super simple lemonade. You know why? You never have to squeeze a lemon, strain the juice from the pits, mix it together with sugar dissolved in water. No, no, no. You utilize the brilliance of your blender and you blend it all together. Wait till you see it. Call a friend. Tell them. They're going to want my blender lemonade recipe too. I'll tell you how on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. Please become a a friend rather and a fan. I get very excited for blender lemonade. Can you tell? Um, And I'll post it uh, today. So please check it out on social at Chef Jamie Gwen. And I will meet you here at the kitchen table next weekend. Once again, thank you for listening. Please stay healthy and safe. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well.